four years, whenever I would edit images from a recent photo shoot, I couldn't wait to get out there and create another one. <laughs> the life of the artist, always desiring to create, right? Always wanting more to create something beautiful into the world. But that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it because I was using my images as a vehicle of validation for me. No longer was it just about creating beautiful images. No longer was it about the love of the art. No longer was it about serving my clients in the best way possible. I needed something new because I was already over the old thing. I got all that I could get out of it. What about this next session? Will I get more likes? Will I get some follows? Will I get some, oh my gosh, Sky, how do you do it? And this wasn't a conscious thought. I was never like, ooh, <laughs> I can't wait to do this because of that. It was all subconscious. Some people talk about their great awakening and we all have them in some ways. For me, I had a photographer great awakening. It was alongside the same time frame of, I believe it was the second or third podcast episode where I shared my story of when I knew I had a problem as a photographer. That epiphany marked my awakening when I started to realize things like this. And it didn't start out that way. I don't think it ever does, does it? I don't think people usually like, I'm going to become a photographer and get people to like me. It was, I love photography. I love creating. I love seeing something through my lens that's unique to me. And you are unique. Let me tell you, I've done, oh, I stopped counting at like 50, but 15 years of photographer workshops where at the end, everyone sends in their images of the models. And we all have the same models, the same sets, etc. But I always see the unique factor. Every photographer has their own eye especially if they're really plugged into the event. I think there are those who are maybe struggling with anxiety or in their head too much. Maybe they rely on things that are called the safe shots. But then you can tell the other photographers who are really in the moment, their work is so unique. I say often, ooh, I wish I got that shot myself. <laughs> so no one starts out that way, but said this so many times, why I'm here doing this podcast, teaching the courses I do, teaching the workshops I do, because who you are, the junk that you carry, the lens that you view the world through, yeah, pun intended, lens, haha, -ha. 
It impacts everything, especially your business and especially your art. Your art isn't safe. It is covered in the fingerprints of imposter syndrome, procrastination, not enoughness, perfectionism. I have to be perfect. They can't see me flawed. But then the day came when I realized, oh my God, look what I'm doing. I could see how my work had suffered. Because I had a whole bunch of things going on. It wasn't just this. I had a lot of junk, which is why I teach on these things. I talk about these things because I've lived it. I've embodied that. And now I'm here embodying something else. Healing. Faith. Magnetism. Authenticity. Vulnerability. Intimacy. I'm embodying an imperfect human having a human experience. Who just so happens to have a camera in her hand? If you can resonate with this, if you can say, oh, I can kind of see, let's go deeper. When you don't get the comments, when you don't get the likes, you don't think, oh, the algorithm must be funky today, freaking Zuckerberg. You don't think, oh, maybe Friday night's not a good time to post. By the way, it's like the worst. Friday and Saturday nights are the worst. Not that I believe that I'm held down by the algorithm. I'm just saying. That's my business strategy sky coming out. No, no. You don't think those things. You think, oh. What's wrong with my image? Even deeper, what's wrong with me? Because I didn't feel good enough. My work was never good enough. And I was driven and driven and driven to keep creating. Oh, look at Sky. She's always doing something. I just wanted to silence the voices in my head telling me I wasn't enough. And if I could just post the perfect picture, I would finally feel good enough. But the picture, the perfect picture doesn't exist, does it? Not when you're driven, not when you're using your work as a vehicle for validation, because you will tear it apart. You will see flaws that no one else will see, and you think of yourself as an artiste. I'm just critical of my own work. You're critical of yourself. You tear down your work because you know how to tear down yourself. I can go into the mirror and say my thighs are fat, my stomach is puffy, my face is getting old, my hair is too thin, and then I sit behind the computer and I tear down my work in the same way. And then I watermark it, post it, and hope people like it. 
it will never work. It is a cycle, never ending. And even if you, there's been a time or two, a time or two where I convinced myself I reached a pinnacle image, like a, oh, I love this image. So let me tell you, it's, it still gets old. There's still that craving. All of these things, the imposter syndrome, the not enoughness, the people pleasing, or the lone wolf mentality, which is trending now, but you're just as lonely. By the way, you're not keeping yourself safe from locking people out. You're keeping yourself from being loved, known and seen, which is the deepest desire for a human being. So I've been talking about, if you follow my stories, I've been talking about imposter syndrome. You know that I'm releasing this mini course on imposter syndrome, how in five days you can throat punch that bastard. Does anyone say bastard anymore? I don't know, but here it is. And the more I research on imposter syndrome, the more insidious this thing is. It's like, oh, I feel like a fraud. So many photographers, they just, "Mm -hmm." it is robbing you. Not only of the financial aspects, which we talked about in the last episode, but can I I have all those years back (laughs) where I wasted my time in offended creativity, the muse of creativity, was like a beautiful bird that I put in a cage. Sing, damn it. Make mama feel good. But mama never felt good because the problem was inside of me. It's not your weight. It is not the amount of money in your bank account. It's not the number of friends you have. It's not the accolades you have or the awards you have. It's not the number of clients you have. It's not the the number of followers you have. It is about how you feel about yourself. And if you're listening to this, you are in your conscious mind. You are in that 5%. You are in your prefrontal cortex, your logical mind. But step into What is going on in your subconscious? What about that seven-year-old you? That 10-year-old you? That 13-year-old you? When she looked in the mirror and she hated everything that she saw, do you think she just went away? Do you think now because you're grown, those things don't impact you? So my work began to suffer and it became harder and harder to create. I felt like I had to keep looking outside of myself for ideas rather than sourcing from within. What do I want to create? What do I want to bring into the world? How can I take this little speck of a vision that a client had and came to me with and turn it into something beautiful and elaborate, a visual storytelling? When you're using your images as vehicles of validation for you, creativity starts to dry up. It's like, this bitch can't even be serious right now. 
she's over there. She's comparing herself. She's totally jealous and envious and sitting there fuming. She can't be happy for no one. Meanwhile, she's just on Netflix like all day. Or she's on her email and on her social media looking for little dopamine hits of, is someone contacting me? Does someone like my picture? Does someone follow me? Does that blah, 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 blah? I am in a season in my personal life where the theme is self-leadership and personal power. Self-leadership, don't get that confused with lone wolf. If you want to know more about personal power, I did do a brief podcast episode on it. I think it was number eight, personal power in business. I have so much more to come on this because holy wow. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. The biggest gift of self-leadership is realizing that I am capable. Somewhere down the line, perhaps as a child, was sent the message, you are not capable. You are not capable of handling your feelings. So shut off from feeling them. So numb out. So get addicted to food and shopping and whatever else. You're not capable of handling this situation. So just accept it and live with it. Now, I freaking love being capable. I love that part of myself. I am a capable woman. I don't always have to feel it, but I am training my brain, training and rewiring my subconscious to believe I am capable as part of leading yourself. So when things like imposter syndrome and all that other junk come up, I'm not just going to take it. I take the tools that I have learned, which I would love to teach you, step into my capability, and take my power back. We're far, far more powerful than you have been led to believe. One of the first things that I started, well, actually stopped doing was posting new work. I don't post a ton of new work, even after workshops. Up until 2020, I had a really nice career going, taking headshots here in Los Angeles. I didn't post a ton of it. It was kind of like my, what's the word, my rehab. It was too hard, you know, posting stuff and not looking and not checking. I had to do that inner work, which actually didn't start till 2020. I had the realization I pulled stuff back and then started in 2020, the, the deep work. But now it doesn't have the same pull. It doesn't same, have the same hold on me. I used to post and if I didn't get enough likes or comments or, or traction, I would delete it. I allowed my mind to tell me stories about what that meant. And that's actually... I'm creating the content for week four for my Unseen to Unstoppable, and it's all mindset. And I have a video all about the mind and the stories we tell and the meaning we attach. So that's a great example. I posted an image. It didn't get likes. It didn't get comments. 
I immediately start into the not enough imposter syndrome stuff. My mind is very uncomfortable. The ego wants to make sense of it. So it tells a story. Kind of like the example, it's usually not the kind of story where, oh, everyone's busy on a Friday night, no big deal. The stories are always, everybody's tired of your work. It's always the same thing. Do you ever evolve or grow? People don't want to comment on your work anymore. They're so over it. Now I have the tools to recognize when the mind is doing that and how to combat that, how to deal with that. But honestly, can I just tell you on the other side of this? I could post an image, it gets nothing at all, and I don't give a shit. And I don't say that like, in a, I, this is really another form of armor, another form of hiding that I don't give a shit thing that is very trendy. It is not that. It's I'm detached from it. I don't get my worth from it. I was born in worth, created in worth. It cannot be taken. I cannot add to it. I cannot detract. I am worthy. Whether anyone else sees it, I see it. Holy shit, when you start to see it, when you start to feel it, you walk through this world differently. People respond to you differently and you respond to them differently. I no longer need you to tell me I am enough. I could put out this podcast and it goes nowhere and I'm still okay. Is that my desire? That's not what I see happening. I see this podcast being one of the top photography podcasts. You know, am I there yet? No. Do I need to be there? Uh-uh. I don't need it. I want to be one of the top photography podcasts because I want this message to go out to as many people as possible. You all listening, you're not my provider. You're not my source. God is. So I don't need to show up here and get you to buy my things. I would like you to buy my things if it resonates, but only because I want to serve you. I don't need you to buy my things. I am provided for by God, and he does an amazing job at it. Oh, that could be an entire podcast episode. That's coming. <laughs> that is coming. <laughs> there are universal laws, and one of them is the law of detachment. And like detachment, we have a lot of heavy meaning to that, but... It's a release of needing for me to be enough through this. I already show up enough. Not perfect, but enough. And believe me, I have bills that scream just as loud as yours. We have a move coming up. I have a... <laughs> a moving truck to pay for, and I don't have it at this very moment. I don't. 
but I will. The way my faith works is I already have it. I mean, if you think about time is not linear. When you leave this this plane, this earth, you step outside of time. And in, in that realm, there's no time. So whatever has happened and whatever will happen is all in one place. I know. This is, anyone watch The Good Place? You know, when Chidi saw the time knife, it's kind of like that. So I already have the moving truck. I already am moved. I am safe. I can detach from that. Mm. I am provided for. I am enough. I can create out of my enoughness. And then when you show up in your business, enough, not perfect, but you have this wholeness about you, then you can focus on other people. It's not you proving yourself. It's not you feeling like a constant fraud. It's not like you, oh, what if they don't like them? It's how can I serve you? It's how can I serve you? How can I help you? There's no people pleasing here. That's, that's, how can I serve you? And people pleasing are entirely two different energies. Because when I serve my clients, when I serve you, serve my coaching clients, serve my workshop clients, I am still fully boundaried. I'm able to say yes. I'm able to say no. And it comes from a place of me being enough. So again, to wrap up, I said the last podcast episode that imposter syndrome is not a skill issue. It is not a talent issue. It is identity issue. I had lots of evidence showing me that I was a successful, well-paid photographer and photographer educator. And I couldn't see it. But now, now I celebrate everything. Everything that comes my way is abundance to me. Like I'll get a sale and it's a $37 sale. And I'll be like, so abundant. If you think that sounds dumb, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my nervous system. A nervous system who is still healing money trauma from times when I didn't have money to eat. And you anchor in that safety to your nervous system. When you receive compliments, I anchor them into my system. It's safe for me to receive. When I receive 19, $37 sales, I anchor them into my system. And I have gratitude. I'm so thankful. I'm so abundant. I'm rewiring my brain. Okay, so this was one of those inspired riffs. Maybe you resonated, maybe you didn't. As always, I would appreciate if you would rate and review the show or perhaps share with a friend. Some of you have been sharing and tagging me. I am so appreciative. That just, I receive your compliments. There's a little fact before we go. Receiving 
The way you receive a compliment is the way you receive money. How do you receive compliments? Do you say, oh, no, this soul thing? I got it at a thrift store. Uh-uh. Me? Did I lose weight? No, I've gained weight. Receive. Thank you. I receive your compliments. I appreciate it. All right, so stay cool out there. We're almost to August, my birthday month. Yes, yes, yes. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Magnetic Photographer Podcast. Bye.